Hello and welcome to the Cafe Hustle podcast. I'm Andy Jones and I am speaking today with Kenny Child who has been a chef for 40 years and later now or more recently he is working with supermarkets as a community champion and helping to move certainly some of the food waste or what would ordinarily be waste from the supermarkets into food banks and to people that need them. Kenny is also an ambassador for Hospitality Action, which is a charity that helps anyone involved in the hospitality industry. And we're going to talk a bit more about what he does in terms of the work he does to promote Hospitality Action, but also when he needed their services as well. So we're going to get into all this through the episode. But the main reason we're here is to discuss sandwiches. It was uh, British Sandwich Week last week. So we are looking at what it takes to create a really good sandwich. So we're looking at everything that goes into that, the fillings, the combinations, and whether sogginess is a deal breaker. So we're going to cover all this and so much more when we get back from thanking our sponsor. Have you been thinking about setting up a virtual brand that's takeaway only and don't know where to start? Check out Peckwater Brands because they can give you the whole package, everything you need to set up a brand new virtual brand out of your existing hospitality business. Head over to thecafehustle.com forward slash Peckwater, that's P-E-C-K-W-A-T-E-R for a massive 50% off your sign up fee. Kenny, thank you very much for joining me on the Cafe Hustle. How are you? Very well, thanks. Very well. Thanks yeah. for having me. You're welcome. No, thank you for reaching out to me to talk about today what is a really serious subject for a lot of cafe owners, and that's getting the sandwiches right. So <laughs> we'll uh, we'll dive into that in a minute, though. But starting off, what is your mission? What's your purpose? Well, my mission has changed through the years. Uh, I was a chef for 40 years. So my mission was to give as many people good food at a decent price. That was that was it in a nutshell. Um, my mission these days is twofold. I work for a supermarket as a community champion, so I'm dealing with food banks and charities all the time. So my mission is trying to keep people fed um, and also spreading the work of hospitality action. So I think we'll touch on that later. Um, but, yeah, it's twofold. So... These days, it's all almost charity-based completely. It's uh, when you get to that, that you're doing the bit with charity. It shows you what we can do in terms of as an industry. And I know it's in your context, it's with a, a supermarket, but there's similar things that that hospitality businesses could do, food yeah. service businesses, certainly For with some charities. For, for sure, you know, especially if the if a restaurant's got waste issues and stuff like that, if they've got stuff that's actually up to the date. It can't be. Please find a food bank or a shelter that that can take it. I mean, my supermarket we've supplied over six thousand meals worth of food so far this year. Um, so and that we're just one little cog, yeah. and the need need is great. I think I spoke to um, Dallas Henderson a few weeks ago. The yeah. podcast is live now, and, and we were talking about the the scale, certainly in the United States, of what food waste the amount of people could feed. I think it was something like 150 million people annually food waste from the states. But we were talking in that episode about basically nothing should nothing should go in the bin. If you plan no. it right, it'll either be sold or it goes to somewhere yeah. that where it can help someone who needs it 
Yeah, I mean, I as a as a chef, my policy was I I would always prefer to sell out just before the end of service of a dish rather than ten portions left that I've either got to try and make something out of or the staff take at home, which is that's fine. But yeah, it's, it's not ideal. You know, you it's a fine balance, and you need to try and get that right. Yeah. So in your career, then, what were some of the the highlights that you could probably draw on in terms of where you have helped people out? And is there anything that you can, off the top of your head, remember specifically? Uh, helping people out. Yeah, I mean, we. Um, I was exec chef for 14 years for an independent um, store in Norwich. Um, so we had four or five restaurants within that. So I was the exec chef. So we were continually um, saving stuff that we couldn't use. Um, and we were giving it to the Salvation Army. So we were phoning them up and saying, look, we've got this. Can you use it? And they'd come and pick it up. So it was a case of if rather than it going down the waste disposal unit, we would freeze it if it was able so it could be reused. So, yeah. so yeah, so we've, we've been doing it for a long time. Yeah, and that's just something for, for our listeners. If they, are, if they are in a position where they could get or sort of hand out the food to other people, just pick up the phone and ring the charities in your area and see if, if there's any uses yeah there, there's all sorts i mean I, I obviously i have a list of people that would take stuff off me so if one of the managers comes to me and say well we've got this can you do anything with it and i'll phone them up do you want this you know it happens occasionally where i got a pallet of milk delivered to our store and it was fine but it had a different supermarket's name on they'd sent it by mistake so I had all this milk, couldn't sell it, so that went all over the place, and that was just before Christmas, and that was a that was a big help to a lot of people. Yeah. Now we're talking about sandwiches today, and last week was the British Sandwich Week. Yeah. So, what is it about the sandwich then? What goes into making an amazing sandwich? Well, yeah, there's a lot of lot of things. Um, first off, it's essential you have good quality bread be it a sea batter or a farmhouse loaf the actual bread doesn't really make that difference as long as you've got a good quality bread if you've got a 30 pence loaf i know that's a ridiculous price if you've got you know for example a a supermarket savers loaf you're not going to make a big good sandwich out of that because it's going to be floppy You, you need some substance to it then you need to look at your fillings. Um, don't overcomplicate it. Make it as fresh as possible, and so it, so it zings. So it has, you bring in layers of different uh, different stuff to that. So yeah, the the, the bread is a, always a good starting point. If you haven't got a decent piece of bread or a roll, then forget it. Yeah. So what sort of things are you looking for then? What are the characteristics of the bread that? Would make it perfect well, the, for, for a sandwich. Yeah, the, the the texture. To be fair, you can tell the texture that the bread has been looked after, so it's been aerated properly, proven properly. Um, it's it's you can tell that it's been hand crafted rather than a machine. So if you pick up 
um, a normal white sliced loaf, for example, it might be very dense in terms of the look at it, but you get a, a loaf that has been craft made. It will be a little bit aerate, more aerated and it will be a bit firmer as well. Yeah, certainly like your sourdough with there's, there's plenty yeah. of, of of big air gaps in that isn't there and it's you can you can always taste the difference with it with a good sourdough certainly over a a, a, yeah. a shop-bought loaf certainly because it's obviously totally different in the first instance but it's yeah it's having that that substance to it, that stiffness almost not stale yeah. but, not stale no no but you you, you want a slice of bread that if you hold it up, it will stay up rather than just flop over because there's nothing worse than your sandwich just falling all over your hands and yeah, yeah it's no good. no good. Yeah, and certainly, like I know some of the in, in our cafe, some of the the sourdough we had sometimes was there's too bigger gaps and couldn't actually yeah. keep the filling in. So it's getting that fine balance with your your bread in terms of trying to find that happy medium, isn't it, between the the dense yeah, you you find that sometimes with sea batter, that the air when you cut open a sea batter roll, it, the the holes, the aeration can be a little bit too big. So yeah, it's a fine balance. It's a fine balance. The key is you find a local supplier that will give you really good bread at a price that you can afford. Because every cafe or restaurant that are making sandwiches, they're all going to have a different price point. So. That's key, you know. It's you cutting corners on the bread is really not a good start because the rest of it is all going to fall down. It's your foundation, isn't it? and like you say, yeah. working with local suppliers, there's always that possibility that if it's not quite what you're after, you can then work with them and say, "Well, <clears throat> have you either got another product that has got these yeah. characteristics, or is there something you can do to to tweak?" Yeah. You know, you can always work with them on the product, can't you? Yeah, I mean, I'm quite fortunate that I've I've worked in a bakery as well. Um, so we were a wholesale bakery. Um, I did more patisserie rather than the bread making. But there was always restaurants coming in and saying, can we have this? And the bakers would look at it and give them loads of different samples. Then they'd arrive at, that's, that's the spec. So that would be their their bread. So, yeah, it's a way forward. If the, if your supplier can do that, if they can be flexible enough to do that, and of course your turnover is enough to get a decent decent batch every day, then you're good to go. Yeah. Now spread. So that obviously goes on on the bread element. So where and what are the options that you can consider either alternatives or can you leave it out completely? It depends. If you've got to say a batter, leave it out. Um, just a very small drizzle of olive oil on top of that. Um, you, you can. I'm I'm not a lover of spreads um, in terms of butter is ideal. Everyone says butter is not healthy, but it actually in small quantities, it's fine. Um, if you're going to use a spread, use a, a decent spread again. Don't use the big commercial tubs that are cheap because that taste that it's going to leave you an aftertaste so if you lose losing some got some really good produce in the middle of your sandwich 
but you've got a really cheap and tacky paste. So it it depends on your customer base. It's it's really worth researching. You know what what do your customers actually like? A lot of am I allowed to use brand names? A lot of people will use Flora, for example, but some people may not like that. There's other other ways of doing it. I always preferred butter. However, it's costly and um, it's not the easiest product to, to work with because it's, it's not heat stable. So, you know, you, you run the risk of it getting too soft, then the salt comes out and then you've lost it completely. So, yeah. I think just early in this conversation, the, the key I'm taking from this already, and it's it's the same as what we generally talk about on this podcast a lot but it's quality is the key in even in this case and having the best quality products going into the sandwich in the first place yeah obviously depending on your your target audience and and what they're looking yeah, for i think really a, help your sandwich i think a good example of that is uh back in 1983 um i was in the forces and i was in the falklands and i was running a tent kitchen and it, all we were serving was soup, pizzas, and sandwiches. Now the fillings for the sandwiches were, were awful. It was everything was tinned. However, the bread was made by the army in Port Stanley, and it was decent bread. They cut it, cut it all by hand, and. We got away with it. The, the, the troops loved it because actually a you had a decent chunk of substantial bread and you could use that to cover quite a lot of different things. So your bread is your key. That's a good start. Yeah. yeah well, there you go. That's the foundation. Again, the bread, have that. The best quality you can with that is the, the foundation for you. Whatever comes next, and that's what we're going to talk about now is the fillings then what what combinations what are really good sandwich yep. fillings that people could be considering that are popular or are different from your point of view yeah i mean i'm finding obviously i now work for a supermarket um and i'm not involved directly but we sell hundreds and hundreds of sandwiches a day and which of course they are pre-packed and they come in um, but what we're finding is that vegetarian options and vegan are becoming increasingly um, popular. Um, so one of the most popular ones that have been coming on board recently is halloumi with roast vegetables and a little bit of harissa and been serving that as a, as a wrap. And it, it, it's, it's flying out. You know, halloumi is popular. Um, it's fashionable. So you put some nice roast vegetables with that. What you do need to make sure is that your roast vegetables are not too greasy. So they're not overcooked and mushy. So you've got, got that substance. And so I think it's a, sometimes you can just go some of the classics. Chicken, roast chicken. Don't bind it in mayonnaise. Put some bacon and then spread a little bit of mayonnaise on the bread. It's something substantial so sometimes the the classics if you take a little bit of care with them can be 
equally nice. But if you're going to look at the fillings, if you're going to put salad in there, you need to make sure that you've got it's fresh salad. When you've washed your lettuce and your set, it's dried off nicely because, and then don't put your tomatoes right next to the bread because otherwise, if it's not eaten quickly, you know, it's, the bread's going to go soggy. And yeah, you don't want that. You don't want that. And in terms of colour then, just from an appearance point of view, what should we be looking at in terms of building, like layering our sandwich up? What could we be introducing to add the visual element to it as well? So, yeah, so visual. So, I mean, there's some wonderful um, different types of leaves these days. So, um, rocket is very popular, but you don't have to use rocket. But something that's nice and green and vibrant, um, if you're doing a vegetarian, you, why not do some shredded beetroot in there to give that contrast? So you've got your green of your your lettuce, but then maybe some shredded beetroot. Um, some people put carrot. I'm not a lover of that because grated carrot is a bit on. Oh, it's not really. It's beetroot leaves. Just look at the produce you got. Um, peppers is another one that you can use um all sorts of if you're going to put for example ham in there um the ham is is so the sandwich is cut in half if you're packing it make sure every ingredient is visible because if you've got some nice home-cooked ham in there but it's hidden under tomato it just doesn't look right so try and the layer is even across the sandwich so when you cut it them layers are still there when you've sandwiches. Now I know certainly like commercial sandwiches, they tend to try and load the filling more towards the center, towards the cut to make it look filled. Do you is that something you would do in a cafe, or would you be looking to fill the entire sandwich? No, I, I I would I would look to fill the entire sandwich completely, you know, consistently because. Sandwiches can be a bit emotive in cafes. Um, people can think that sandwiches should be a cheap option. They're not always cheap to produce by any stretch of the imagination. However, if you're if you're selling a sandwich, pull a price out for five or six pounds with a little bit of salad, salad garnish on the side of the plate, the last thing you want to do is when you've picked your bread up, the last bite of each half of the sandwich it's just bread. It doesn't value for money. So you don't have to load it up stupidly, but there's no point in having a thick filling in the middle. Then at the end, there's nothing. So you want that consistency across the whole, whole base. Yeah. yeah, I think we've got to think of, I know a lot of people can sometimes think in that way that, you know, making it look like it's more valuable, but you've got to think from that customer experience point of view, what is that, like you say, the person gets to the end of that sandwich and it's actually not much in terms of the filling or the flavour and they're going to leave there thinking they've been ripped off. It may be exactly the same filling, amount of filling if you spread it out, but they'll feel like they're being shortchanged. I think, I think we've all been there that you've seen on social media where someone's taken a picture of a sandwich that they've opened up and they're going on about the pitiful little 
fillet might not actually be that bad. It's just that the edges of the sandwich have got nothing in, so they think all the sat. And that's the prime thing that if you you get to the end of it and you've got no filling, you think you've been ripped off, even if you're not. So it's it's a lot of it is psychology. You know, do, you don't want the customers to leave thinking they're ripped off when, in actual fact, with the same filling amount of, and the cost, you could leave them thinking, do you know what, that was really nice. It's easy. Yeah. Now, you touched on it before, sogginess in a sandwich. Where do you sit on that? Is it every single time we want to avoid it? Or is there a time when maybe it is acceptable to have a soggy sandwich? Um, for me, no, no, for me, for me, never. So I use, use an example of tuna mayonnaise. So it's tuna and mayonnaise, not mayonnaise and tuna. Now tuna is expensive, but drain it off. What you need to do is drain it off. So it's nice actually and dry and just about. So it holds together with the mayonnaise. Then try and yeah try try not to make it just too wet because it will hold for a little while. But if everything is mayonnaise, it's just going to soak into the bread. So you pick it up and it's gonna it's gonna same with things like coronation chicken and stuff like that. So I would prefer, depending on what you're doing with certain fillings, rather than mixing stuff with mayonnaise. Just bread a little on each slice of bread, and that will give it a that won't go soggy, that will that will stay. But if you then mix in some watery or egg with that, yeah. I mean, in our works canteen, that you have an egg mayonnaise sandwich, it's pre-packed, obviously. You get it out and you know that it's gonna fall apart and it's uh, ends up an egg banjo where you're getting it off your off your chest is it's not not ideal. So for me, never never soggy. Yeah. And I think what we've got to remember is we are certainly in the cafe setting, is providing something different. They can't it can't look, it can't taste like something you buy from a vendor machine. We have to take that level up and Again, it's, it comes down to experience, but people don't come to us and pay five, maybe six pounds for a sandwich that they can buy for two pounds in a petrol yeah. station even, you know? So it's something we've always got to be on top of and think we can't allow it to be on par with no. a petrol station sandwich no. charging I mean, no. cafe prices. No, if you're in a running a cafe and you're going to, focus your sandwich offering on what you can get from a garage or a supermarket in a, in a three pound 50 meal deal then you're setting your bar too low and people won't come and pay more than that because they'll walk in and say well i could get it in tesco's and morrison's or sainsbury's for three pound 50 and get a drink in a bar uh, yeah but if they come in and they can tell it's fresh bread it's not your supermarket bread it's been made quickly freshly for them some care's gone into it then they wouldn't question the yeah. price it's like when we uh some of our staff looked at the idea of maybe pre-making some of our sandwiches and and have, you know certainly for our busier periods which it will help on from a service point of view but 
we actually stop that just from, and again, quality has always got to be king, whether it's whatever, whether it's a normal traditional sandwich or a toasty or whatever your sandwich is that you're making. Yeah. It's always better when they're prepared from the point of ordering to, yeah. to give to that customer because it always tastes better. The quality well, is better. Yeah, it, it also depends as well because I, I worked for a company. We had some uh, sandwich shops and we, because of the way it was, it was predominantly takeaway, so it was slightly different. But people would come in and there'd be a counter and the much like Subway, for want of a better word, but the sandwiches would be made in front of them. And we did for a little while put a few out for the busy day so people could just come and collect and go. Invariably, they were left, they would prefer to wait and buy a sandwich that's been made in front of them. And then, you you know, you can ask the question, just a small amount of spread, how much butter, and you can give that personal you know people like to, people go out to cafe people use the word of a cafe and think that it's basic that's wrong yeah. you you're going there for an experience and you want their you know if if cafe served exactly like you said exactly the same tea and coffee as we could make at home yeah. um the same sandwiches we'd make at home then we'd never there'd be no cafes yeah it's like no cafes now certainly in more recent times people are expecting them to be almost restaurant type level of experience not so much like you say not just a case of turning out food for the sake of yeah. Or convenience yeah the the yeah the the whole game in catering in this country has changed dramatically in the last 15 20 years so there are still the occasional what you'd call a greasy spoon, but they're very actually few and far between. Um, you go in and you're going to get a freshly cooked breakfast. You're going to, you know, if you're you're having a sandwich, it's going to be made freshly for you. And I think, at the risk of upsetting a lot of people from the chains, I think that's the beauty of independence, and that's why people should support their independent local because you go to a chain and you may pick up a sandwich that's got a fancy name and they've got rocket in it and they've got this and they've got that essentially it's still been made in bulk and it's not been it's not been made fresh an hour or so earlier either you go into a cafe there you go and that that that's it really yeah it's those little things that adds up to help give that whole I keep saying the experience, but that is about what that is what we are there for. We're welcoming people in and giving them something different, like you say, than they can get at home. Yeah, I, I think um, people that work in hospitality, essentially, and it may sound a bit dramatic for those that aren't really involved, but essentially, it's like being on a stage. Mm-hmm. Your whole shift in front of the customer is actually a performance. So if your serving staff has had a really bad day, no, they've got to put on an act. If, they, if they're really not having a bad day, they're not feeling it, it doesn't actually, for that bit of time, put on a show. 
because yeah. the customer is not the customer is not interested whether you know your your shoe had a leak this morning or something like that. Yeah, they're not not interested. Yeah, so it's a, yeah. it's actually an interesting way of of thinking about it because I haven't quite thought about it as or certainly compared it to putting on a show. But you're right; that is what we do. We're not necessarily always on game and and ready to to be as happy as we always are but there is an expectation of that from the customer yeah i mean there there was one restaurant i was head chef um it was a relatively fine dining restaurant i had a team of 10 12 chefs really really busy and five minutes as soon as the first check came in right you lot listen up showtime and then everything stopped that all the banter stopped and everything for two or three hours was just a tunnel and the all that mattered was going on the plate last check went out back to all the banter and yeah so it is very much it's a it's a performance now i want to talk to you about your work with hospitality action because i think they obviously do and they play an amazing role yeah. in certainly UK hospitality. But you're an ambassador for hospitality. Actually, just tell me yeah. a bit about your work you do with them. Um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it work. I would call it my mission. Um, so those that don't know, hospitality action has been in thirty-seven. So it is the national charity for hospitality workers now it doesn't have to be chefs and waiters you've got concierge you've got housekeepers the the whole umbrella and i have to be honest and lots of people know my my story um i was aware of hospitality action um didn't really know much about them um and coming up to three years i i had a stroke which is why I'm no longer working as a chef. Now, I was looking around, and I'm an ex-serviceman, so I was looking around, what can I do? I, obviously, I can't go back to work as a chef. It's not going to happen. What can I do? So I approached a couple of charities that were service charities, saying, can you help with retraining? And I just got a big, fat, nah. Out of the blue, Mark Lewis, the uh, chief exec of Hospitality Action, filled me up. I had a chat and I'm like, wow. And he'd taken the time. It was a um, good friend of mine, Charlie Hodgson, who's very, very well known. He's an ambassador for hospitality action. He knew that I'd been unwell and it basically put me in, put me in touch. Now I didn't at that stage need any financial assistance. I didn't need any mental health help or anything like that. However, they'd taken the time to phone me up and continue to do so. And so then um, through social networking, basically, I then got in touch with a guy, Steve West, who was doing a book for Hospitality Action called Chefs and Summer Balls, which was a, a list of stories about us. And eventually I ended up becoming an ambassador. And my role really is just to make sure that they have a, a presence whenever i go into restaurants i always speak to them about hospitality action because they have an employee assistance program which for a very low cost per head per year 
that is their sounding post where you know, they've got problems with employment, then they they help with that. So my my role is getting their their name out there. To be fair, and probably some people are saying, "Goodness gracious me, doesn't he get? Doesn't he go on?" Um, but I have a lot of time on my hands, so so I so I do that, and it's about you know, and trying to help when they're doing fundraising as well, because since the pandemic start, and it's a relatively small charity, they've given out over two two point three million pound in grants. So it's a it's not just about financial hardship; it's about people that have got addiction problems, mental health, and it's a 24-7 helpline. And I'm just very passionate about it. Yeah. I think certainly personally, I'm very grateful that I haven't had to to use the services of Hospitality Action. But listening to the work that they do, and like you say, it's a small charity, you can shout about it as much as you want, Kenny, because... After all, the more people that know about it from an employee's side, potentially yeah. they could get the help that they need. But also from a supporter's point of view, the more people know that that charity is there and that they can then yeah. actively do things to help support the charity, the better it is for the whole industry. Yeah, I mean, there's you'd be surprised. Um, the work that I do, and my actual paid job at the moment, is, as I say, I'm a community champion. So I am dealing with um, people that are after stuff that are hospitality workers. Now, I would never advise them with men, but I can signpost and say, look, they're there. It's 24-7. You've got any problems? And they're, they're like, I didn't even know. There's cafe owners that come come and sit, I meet through my work and I, like, I didn't know. Yeah. So, yeah, and and the key thing is, is that they're such a such a friendly bunch as well that there's not many charities where you can pick up the phone, and speak to the chief executive, and say just have a chat. There there must be other charities, but I've not come across one. Yeah, yeah. it is, it's, and and like you say, with it being that shows an element of care, regardless of of who it is even in the organization if someone from that organization gets in touch and reaches back out it shows that there's true intent there isn't there it's it's, it's real work that they're wanting to to help people well when they're in the time of need well absolutely because i hadn't approached them and tried to get any help they they reached out to me and they left left me in no doubt that if at some stage I did what really did need help, it would be there. And for me, that was like, wow, you know, yeah. it, it's um, it's very it's very easy to to say that yeah, we do this, we do that, but actually they they do what they say on the tin, and they they're almost like the industry safety blanket. That's what we what I call it. And they have a hashtag, we've got you, and that's it. They've got us. And you know, chefs, waiters. It's, we all know it's a it's a hard life. It's a hard life, and it's easy to fall into addiction. Um, it's easy to get into debt through gambling, all sorts of things. It's not always the best paid job, yeah. but they they're there twenty four seven. So yeah, no, really important work. And anyone who is certainly in the UK, make sure you check them out. And and 
support them if you can, but also make sure your employees, your team members, they know that that service is there and available for them to use if they ever feel like they're, they're in any way need it because having that service there can save someone if they're in, in the position of being or almost desperation even. So yeah. make sure your staff know about it and make sure that you as well as business owners can support it because it's, it is really important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's, it's a good thing that, you know, that it's a big family. Um, I've made some very good friends just through, through hospitality action and I wouldn't have ever, paths would never have crossed, but, um, like I say, there's Rena and Henel at the Red Cup Cafe, Steve West. I mean, he said when I'm unwell, he sends me messages two or three times a week. How are you doing? You're all right. And until November this year, I'd never met him. The first time we spoke on the phone, it was a phone call over the app, over an hour. And it's just two chefs. And we knew various people that we both knew. And, yeah, it's it's so easy you finish your shift at 11 o'clock midnight, you go home and there's no one there and it's easy to look for other things to take up your time, I guess. Yeah. yeah. No, it's definitely something that we've got to be aware of across the industry, whether it's owners, managers, even in the kitchens, picking up on the signs where people may or may not be struggling and, and making sure that we can direct people in the right way. Listen, I really appreciate you coming on today. I know we were we we're talking about sandwiches generally. And yeah. obviously, people, you have to get your sandwiches right because, again, people are very much very picky or can be very picky about their sandwiches. So we need to make sure that we're nailing them, however you serve them, to, just to make sure the quality is there. The, the saying that I've always had throughout my career in catering is it doesn't matter what dish you're doing do it to the best of your ability so if it's a, a fried egg for a breakfast or you're using a piece of fillet of beef treat it with the same care it doesn't matter you, a customer is paying for it so take care of it and just respect the produce Listen, thank you so much, Kenny, for coming on the on the Cafe Hustle. How can people sort of get in touch with you or, or find out more about yeah. what you do? What's the best way to yeah. get in touch? So um, for Hospitality Action, it's hospitalityaction.org. Um, there's a group of us guys, Chefs and Summer Balls, that are sort of joined together. So look for us on Twitter on C Summer Balls. Um, and I'm on Twitter as at Kenny Child. And it has happened, you know, if any chefs or anything, just having any issues, drop me a DM. They're always open. And then sometimes all they need is just a chat. But if it's any deeper than that, then I'll signpost them to towards hospitality action. And, and that's what we do. And I'll leave a link to your Twitter in our show notes as well. So at least if anyone has listened to this and they they do want to reach out that it's easy for them to get to listen kenny thank you so much for coming on the cafe hustle i really appreciate you sharing your knowledge and your experience with our audience and i like again yeah yeah i appreciate you giving up your time uh, pleasure anytime you take care